How's it going, Danny? It's going all right. It's a cold day, but a good day. It is a cold day, but a good day. Uh, it's been very cold. Yeah, like bitter. It's even days where the temperature is higher than other days. I'm like, this is a bitter cold that I'm not into anymore. And this is the problem is I I like say I love winter. I love the cold. And then and then it's days like these where I'm mad and everyone's like, you're not allowed to be mad because you said this is your favorite. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I prefer yeah. long sleeves. I prefer winter weather, the snow, all that. But then I get like cold and people like stop complaining. Like you, you asked for this. But I hate the summer more. Like I hate sweating. I don't like t-shirts. I don't like shorts. Yeah. I honestly. make shorts on men look really stupid. <laughs> I mean, I just think I just think it's easier to get warm when you're cold than get cool when you're warm. 100%. And I just think that's important. And that's why summer is the worst. Yeah. Especially in Missouri. Summer's in Oregon. Chef's kiss. Yeah. What are we talking about? Okay, so um, we got a little DM, and it was a question. And I know we kind of just did a question-answering episode, but this I want it to be like just her question and kind of expand on it because sure. it reminded me a lot of my own story. Yeah, and you thought her question far surpassed all the other ones. We <laughs> Not like that. Absolutely. Um, just in case she would like to be anonymous, I'm not going to say her name. That's probably a good idea. Okay. What I guess I let it go that it's, it's a woman. So, uh, okay. She says, I have a question. Parentheses. I actually have about 743 of them, but this one won't stop bothering me lately. Love that yeah. intro. Okay. I haven't officially left the church or anything. I just haven't really been going to any events and stopped serving in the worship team and sort of gone quiet. But I was hella invested before. So now every week someone texts me, ah, hey, let me know when you're able to take the worship service. Hey, would you like to play at this youth event? And with a few, I'm comfortable enough to tell them I'm not really in a place emotionally and spiritually where I want to be doing those things, but I just don't want to discuss it with other people. I know exactly what their response would be and how triggered it would make me. What do I do? Should I just block everyone? Mm. Yeah. End of question. That's a good question. So from where she's at, she is kind of pulling back yeah. and she sounds like she's telling some people with honesty like this is where i'm at like mm-hmm. in terms of a but having people so i get that like i think about that all the time like there are people when i've been in a bind for like speakers or worship people or whatever like yeah. you kind of just go about and you ask people and it's really easy to like not think about their story right you mm-hmm. think about them as a peg to fill the hole that's missing right and maybe those people aren't either because they don't know or don't want it or whatever it is. But like, it's easy to see them as a cog in the machine and not as a person with a story. Uh And that could probably be frustrating from her side. And maybe, I mean, you kind of have a similar. I mean, yeah. So like it kind of, it reminded me because like, I guess we can just go. uh, I mean, I guess that we can kind of just talk about like me taking space from the well, your church. Cause we haven't like super talked about that process, I guess. But that's what it reminded me of is she was like, she was like super involved, right? Yeah. She was, and I, th- I think, like from my own personal experience, like I love being super involved. I love feeling like people want my help and want, like that right. I, like right away the first Sunday at your church, I was like, what can I do? Like I was yeah. like, I'm all in. Yeah, it didn't just feel good to be needed because I think that would be like not accurate, but like it felt good to contribute to something yes. that you cared yeah, about. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you said. I was just saying like oh, sometimes people oh, yeah, I think yeah. want to be like, 
<laughs> like I need to be needed. And like, I didn't hear you saying that, but I think no. it's much more profound than that. You want to be a part of something, right. especially if you've been in church situations where you haven't always been able to be a part of helping how you want it to. Yeah. And so like, I totally get that and being all in, but then it is this very weird shift moment where you're like, I really am not feeling like I believe this right now, but I'm still super involved. Yeah. Like that is a area of deconstruction that is like, you're very trapped. Yeah. You're not very trapped. It feels that way. <laughs> yeah. Because I think part of it is to say it or to like make such a dramatic change is very, it feels very official. Mm. And, say more about that. What do you mean a dramatic change? Like a dramatic change, like saying, I want to be taken off the worship rotation. Sure. Yeah. Or like I, yeah, I'm not going to volunteer for a while. Yeah. I remember when you text me, you were on the yeah. preaching calendar and you're like, hey, I hope it's okay. Which is, I always wonder, like, what if I would have said no? Would you have just, like, white-knuckled it through? Absolutely. It? You know I would have. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember you being like, hey, like, I'm just not – I'm paraphrasing. Obviously. You'd be like, I'm not really feeling it. I'm not in the right space spiritually. Yeah. Like, I feel – I think you might have said this, but maybe you didn't. But, like, I maybe just opposed this. Like, you felt like it might be disingenuous to, like, preach about mm. something you didn't know if you fully believed in. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, that – I mean, that was not an easy text to send by any means. But I also felt like – I, ju- I just felt like I needed to, and it was kind of one of those, like, well, I might as well do it earlier than later so that hopefully you can find someone to yeah. cover for me. Yeah. This is could be interesting for the person whose question we got in the DM. Like, yeah. what made it what made it hard for you? Like, because obviously we have, like, mutual right. trust. Like, what made it hard for you? But then also, like, what were some of the things that said, I actually feel allowed to send this and not mm. – mm feel shame for doing because i think that might be helpful for this woman who sent that or for anyone else it's like what are some of the things that you went through to make you feel like hey i can actually be honest i love that and maybe we can get to this too is like how do we so say someone's in that situation that Uh don't have that yet like maybe how do you get to a space where you can do that yeah so i'll share mine first but then i also want to hear like how you as a pastor like accepted that text so it's very it's very scary to send that text because you're my friend and we have a lot of mutual trust. But at the same time, our friendship largely started from me being yeah. super involved in your church. Yeah. And so it is scary to be like, you're like, I know our relationship is more than this, but it also just kind of feels like it hinges on it. Even yeah, though in you your prob- brain, you can say that that's not true. Yeah. And you probably had other situations where you thought friendships in the spiritual space were bigger than they were, what they were. And then you realized they hinged <laughs> on something that you didn't realize that was the only linchpin for them. And it's so sad. And yeah. it, you don't want to keep going through that. And so part of it was that part of that. That was a hard piece because it's like, even though I trust you and I value you, it's still scary and vulnerable, I think. Yeah. And then also for that i don't know if this is like as relatable to everyone but for me to say no to preaching was like yeah a huge deal because i have wanted that for so long and was so happy to finally be in a space where i was like allowed to preach and so then to like say no to that opportunity felt very against what i had been working toward yeah yeah i think there's so many like that's like an episode on its own i think right. is so interesting because i think mm-hmm. it speaks to a larger concept of maybe misaligned desires or expectations like you finally got what you thought you always wanted and it wasn't like maybe it uh, like scratched an itch or whatever but it wasn't as ultimately fulfilling as you thought it would be like it didn't solve any problem 
homes, right? Right. Like I even talk about like right now, like with our building search for the church, uh-huh. like if we found a space that had a really big place we can meet in, that's great, but it doesn't solve some of the actual current issues of the space we're right. in. And so just because you find something that on paper looks like what you always wanted, if it doesn't address the heart issues or the heart problems, like the core of it, like it probably isn't going and I mean, I think it was a very like healing experience. Like I don't think yeah. it was like I don't think I'm I don't think we missed in like having Emily preach. Like I think that was No, not at all. Really yeah. important and good and I'm like so thankful for that. But I just knew like as I was thinking about it was during cuz it was going to be during Advent and I was I've always loved Advent, but this Advent I was just like like the Christmas time. I was yeah. just like I don't know what I feel. And it definitely doesn't feel like Christian enough. <laughs> and, yeah. And well, well, I remember your last sermon that you did give was like you, I appreciated it because you were, you were honest. It was, yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was on, but you talked about like how you don't know everything and you like, you right. don't know even what you believe and like, it, but you're still here and there's value in having that space. And, but yeah. I could tell like you were trending that direction, <laughs> but I'm not saying that's a, a bad thing, but I could tell that there was a lot more, underground conversations happening within you mm-hmm. and we share a lot of space like when I mean, we do this once a week right. we spend like two hours talking and we see each other in other spaces yeah right? and then there was church but i could tell like even outside of those like there's probably more stirring inside mm-hmm. and so i just like felt i honestly do think that you would have if i would have told you like i'm really struggling but i still want to preach i think you would have let me i feel like i think you would have trusted me or not yeah i yeah i yes i would have trusted yeah. you yeah um <laughs> one time, do you remember when I said, uh, "Don't grow, don't riff or whatever"? When I gave you a hosting script, it, I think <laughs> I think that hurt you deeper than I thought it did. <laughs> like that's all I do. And so I was like, I guess you just don't like how I do this. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was really trying to address an issue for all of our people that like people, you riff better than most. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but anyway, so that was like part of it too. Is it was something I'd I'd work toward being accepted in a church space. Yeah. And, but then I was just like, I, that's not, it doesn't feel like that's for me right now. Yeah. But what ultimately made me feel comfortable, I think is one, I, I'm just a huge believer in this, that have you read the book boundaries? I think so. Is it the one with the pencil on it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, they said resentment is like always caused from lack of a boundary mm. and also that boundaries oh. keep good things good. Mm-hmm. Both of those I think about all the time. Yeah. And resentment is not quite the word I would say that I was feeling toward the well, but I was feeling a lot of like obligation of like going on Sunday being like, oh, like, you know, I got to do I got to like make my appearance. And I was like, that is not it. Like, I, yeah. and that's not how I felt at the beginning. And But it was just like, I was feeling like I'm coming here and being really fake and that. Again, I don't, that's not about the space that you've created or that like, I don't think that's a place where you have to be fake, but it was a place where, I don't know, I wasn't quite ready to just be like, I don't freaking know anything. Sure. Yeah. And I think like, no, it makes sense. Cause obviously that's not the community that we're creating from a communal aspect of the well. Right. And so there's something in, but that's also not to say that like, we don't inadvertently create that space where people feel like they have to have it all together. Like I try to really be as like casual not casual i guess but try to be as open and honest as i can but uh-huh. you can still come into a space and feel that way and i think what's interesting is to say like what is it within you that made you feel those things because that's an interesting because, aspect of it because i because i agree that we like created a space that was like you don't have to have it all together but i feel like i had already come in hot of like having it all together and so <laughs> to 
It wasn't that the space wouldn't accept me. It was that there was already a defined Emily in that space. And I wasn't ready to admit that she was like not there. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I think that there's probably more of a defined, like what you imagine you were defined as was probably not quite as solid in other for people's sh- oh, minds. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, which is kind of what I'm saying is like, I, and I live very firmly like where you're in the boundaries thing, like, and it's kind of a, a guiding thing that you live by. I also live by this idea that perception is even though it's not reality, we make it reality, right? Yeah. And so you kind of had a perception of your station and other people's view of you and probably mm. made it a a really insurmountable hill to climb as you're trying to get yeah. to the other side of feeling comfortable because you felt like for the first time your voice was valued, for the first time your, your theological perspective was really valued in a way yeah. it hadn't been before. And so you then, I think, probably overlaid the perception of the leaders in your old church of how you perceived them and then assumed everyone perceives you that way. Ooh, okay, yeah, maybe. And so that comes with a lot of responsibility and a lot of, like, mm-hmm. um, gravitas, I guess. Like, it's, like, an yeah. important thing. And so, like, I think that might be, and I'm not trying to, like, over-diagnose or simplify it, but I think that's, right. like, an interesting thing to be, like, you still, I've said this before, like, you're a, a Calvinist, right? Like, yeah. so you see things that way. So you now are viewing yourself as the female version of the pastors that you always saw as men (laughs) Uh and giving yourself the same reverence and assuming other people are viewing you the same way. Yeah. Which isn't maybe untrue, good or bad or whatever, but I think that's just an interesting sliver Mm -hmm. of that. But I think what ultimately I made, like made me feel like I was okay too was because I was like, I love the well and I don't want to be feeling this way toward going. Yeah. And so like, I need that. That to me shows that there's a boundary that I need to set. Right. And then yeah, just being like, I want, like, the well was just such a reminder that, like, church should be, like, enjoyable and, yeah. like, things like that. And I was like, I want it to be that for me. And if that means that, like, I need to take a step back for a little bit, like, ultimately, that was, I think, what just gave me the courage to, like, just text you and text our worship leader as well. Yeah, and I think there's, like, some reality and, like, you came out of a situation where you were, it wasn't fun anymore, right? And if you see, yeah. yes great as the community could be or is or isn't like if you see something trending that direction i've said this before like it's important to take breaks and oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to do that but i think there there is wisdom in realizing now i don't think church should be like a a birthday party and like high fives and balloons every (laughs) sunday but i do think that like if you've i think about the phrase all the time like return to me the joy of my salvation and like Mm. Like, the salvation is never not there, but the joy that's found in it has to be, like, reclaimed and redeemed. And I think you lost a little bit of the joy of Christian community. And I think realizing, taking a step away from that to see it from a different perspective may be the most healthy thing. Maybe you don't go back to it. But I think you wouldn't be able to see it with new eyes if you're this close to it. So I think pulling back gives you better ability to see it for what it is and what it isn't. So, but a thing that a lot of, like me and also this girl asking this question is we don't really know how our pastor figures are going to accept that. So like, how did, how did you react when you got that? And your response was like, so gracious. Um, Yeah. yeah. I, I I wasn't mad. I wasn't frustrated. I was bummed for you and for the congregation. Cause I think I knew how much it meant to you, but, and I also know how much your voice meant to the congregants. Mm. I got a lot of texts every time you preach, people really enjoyed it. And yeah found a value in your perspective and in your authenticity. Like I think people really valued that. But for me, it's like, 
kind of what you said on, on the flip side, like if church becomes an obligation and I'm making that an obligation for people, right. then I think I've missed the mark. Now, I do think that there's some level of like we are called as Christians and those in Christian community to like participate. Yes. And be involved and carry the the weight and the freight of some of like the mission and the vision and be the hands and feet. Like, I think those are all important things. But I've also watched a lot of churches make people cogs in a bigger machine of like right. church growth. And I think for me, I just had to pull back maybe in the same way you did and be like, what is the biggest win here? Is it me taking one extra Sunday to preach? Mm. Um, so like, so Emily can pull back or is it to potentially like burn you out more, fracture a friendship? Right. Like, f- so there's a bigger picture at play for me in almost all sorts of things. Yeah. And though I would say I am almost certainly not very pastoral. Like that's <laughs> on the list of like pastoral gifts. Like, I can speak fine and I like to like cast vision and lead things forward. Like being a shepherd or a pastor in mm. like the pure sense is not my greatest gift. But I do really try to understand that and pull back in my own mind and think like, what does this person actually need? Because I don't think I would naturally think of that. And so it's kind of a practice I've had to build as a pastor, knowing that that's not my gut reaction to be hyper empathetic and like think, what's actually going on? Why are they saying this? Like, you trusted me enough to send this? Like, yeah. what's really going on? I get messages from people all the time, like, hey, I can't make this. Like, is that okay? Can I not serve? And it's like, I think if the pastors feels their role is to shame someone mm. for not doing it, or I've seen pastors try to like circumvent the no to get it back to a yes. And like, <laughs> I think that's really, really unhealthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so for me, like, the well didn't hinge on you preaching. Right. But the well, like, the benefit of you preaching and your engagement in worship and this was you helped other people see the image of Christ in a way that I couldn't articulate. And I mm. think, like, so for me, that's the biggest bummer is, like, we lost that differing perspective. Yeah. But hopefully it creates space for you in the long run. And I think that's what gives me the ability to pull back. And I was like, there's always a bigger picture. And we yeah. can shrink it if we want to. But there's more at work both within people and what I believe God is doing in people's lives that we have to not just view the the micro, but pull mm. back as far to the macro as we can. Yeah. And I like appreciated that so much. And honestly, after I sent it, I knew you weren't going to be like, well, you're going to do it. Like, I, you know, like I knew that wasn't going to be your <laughs> <The reaction>. off brand. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. <laughs> um, also, I, another thing I thought of is you were saying that though, is like, it also really, I have to think, I had to think about this, when I was a Presbyterian and then again, when I went to a Methodist church, it's like, I'm like, I'm not being paid. And I'm like, yeah. and I, I totally agree with you, which is why I ended up, I took the membership class and didn't become a member because I think to be a member is to make the commitment to like be serving and be a part of the church. And so I was like, I'm not going to make that commitment if that's not something I can fulfill right now. But I just like, I feel so, I just want to do everything. I just want to be yeah. what everyone wants and needs me to be. And then I have to be like, okay, but like when, so when I was in college in RUF, they, there were three community group leaders and it was the two staff members and me. Right. And that was, and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Like I'm so honored. But then I was so overwhelmed and exhausted. And I was like, yeah, because I'm being treated like an employee right. and not getting paid. And I, I'm not that I'm saying you were treating me like an employee, but it's like, to really sit with that, to be like, this is not, this isn't my job. Like this is like yeah. above and beyond is like, I don't know that helps me be able to, it doesn't like, I'm, I don't know. It makes it doesn't make me feel like I'm just like skipping work. Yeah. 
yeah, there's like holding to commitments of friendship or right. church or like are all good things to do. But yeah, your level of buy-in is different, right? And yeah. it's like you should have a higher ability to juke or say no or like create more space for margin yes. if it's for the sake of greater health. And I mean, I was just meeting with some people that go to the well that are pastors and I was talking to them and I said like, if being a pastor ever isn't fun anymore and if it's like it's just about getting a paycheck or whatever, mm. then it's like I'm going to go be a banker or something. Like right. I'm not like – for me, this is much more about mission, vision, and a passion than it is about a job. And so on the volunteering side, like, if it, like, fires you up and gets you excited and, like, right. you're there and that's enough to, like, drive you, that's so good. But if you start to feel resentment bubbling up because you're like, well, maybe I'm talented enough to be paid. Or mm. maybe this church is working me 40 hours and they're calling me a super volunteer. But really what that means is I'm just free labor. <laughs> like, I think you have to ask yourself those questions. Like, when it stopped, like, feeding a passion within me and when it became an obligation because though I think there's actionable stuff for us as we live into our faith and maybe things mm-hmm. we're challenged to go do I think doing it begrudgingly is outside of the desire of what God would want for us as we're engaging in the life of the church right which is why I originally stopped going to my Presbyterian church is because I was like do you really just want me to sit here and get mad yeah. like is that the most honoring to God thing yeah and everyone's like, well, church is important. And I'm like, I so agree that church is so important. But there, I just can't wrap my mind around the fact that this is helping my relationship with God. Not, I'm not trying to make that equation with the well necessarily. No, but I think in your old church, like if you left feeling worse about yourself, it was doing its job. Right? Yeah, you're, you're right. They're probably like, you're nailing it. Yeah. You're, you're really getting our message. Yeah. A lot of churches send you out with benedictions. Like, I hope you leave feeling uplifted <laughs> and fulfilled. And your church is probably like, I hope you feel shittier than when you got here. Right. <laughs> but I think like the last, like, I guess one of the last things I want to hit on her question. Well, I like the, what should I do? Just block all of them? Yeah. I would say no. Like, I would say communicate, even though it is scary. Yeah. Um, Because you might be surprised. I honestly, and she was like, I want to communicate, but I don't want the conversations, which honestly, I totally agree with. I have had conversations. Maybe this makes me sound like a total jerk, but I <laughs> will find out. You might be like, don't do this to whoever asked the question. But I have said like, I'm not sure what I believe right now. And to be 100% honest, I don't feel like I have the capacity to really dive into that. And I know that you disagree. And I, like, respect that. But I'm not ready to go into that right now. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's – I think setting boundaries is important, right? Mm-hmm. And I think being able to know what you can fully engage in. Yeah. Now, I do think there is a point in your personal journey. And I think this – regardless of where you land, I think you have to – take off the you know, not to say take off the kid gloves and like have those conversations with people for like, sure but not because you owe it to them because i think you owe it to yourself but i think that's I an interesting part of it. but i think setting those boundaries being like i don't have the emotional spiritual bandwidth to be able to have this right now and not being ashamed to say that's important like and i i don't ever want to be a person that's like i can't i don't accept pushback or anything like that but yeah. there was like in that specific instance i was like this is not the vibe I'm going for. Like, I, right. <laughs> and so I think it is okay too to be like, this is where I'm at, and I'm not ready to have the full conversation. Yeah, I also think like, and this is maybe our relationship and like us and, and with Dustin as well. Like, maybe it's more unique than I give it credit for. But I think like I don't agree with you all the time. And yeah. I don't agree with Dustin, and Dustin doesn't agree with me, and doesn't agree. Like we all we're a triangle of like trust and some agreement and a lot of disagreement. Yeah. And I think like you wouldn't have maybe the same issue of having that conversation with me. Is right. you really say to someone else. And I think yeah. that's an interesting thing is like 
trying to really find people that you can have open, authentic conversations with is I think the most important part of a deconstructing person's journey or like a fully devoted Christian's journey. I think if you're not having conversations that are like pushing you and kind of challenging you, then I think that's a sign that maybe either you don't have anyone that you have those relationships with or you've created an echo chamber or the people around you aren't giving you what you need. But I think looking around and taking inventory of like, what kind of conversations am I having? Mm -hmm. What am I allowed to have? Do I have people that I trust that could be like, Danny, you're full of it. And me be like, great, let's talk more about that and not shut down. Yeah, Um, And then me be able to do the same back, I think is interesting. I wonder for her and for people listening, like, is that kind of dynamic more rare than we give it credit for? I give it credit for at least. Yeah. Well, it has to be, the trust has to be created and worked toward. Like it's not, I don't think they just pop up out of the blue. Yeah, I think that's right. And I know we laid some like groundwork, but it's like our first introduction was church. I'm a pastor. Right. Like your first introduction with Dustin was like Christian guy that's producing Christian podcasts. And it's like, I think there was some feeling around of after even building relationship to be like, is this actually authentic, trustworthy? Even like with the text going back to that, like when I send us, is this the straw that breaks the back? Or Yeah. Um and I even know sometimes, like, when we were at that party the other night, like, I asked you about, like, preaching or something. I was mm-hmm. like, I like, cool it. And like, like, not push it too hard. Because even though I'm saying it in jest a little bit, like, I know that you probably take it and could internalize it a different way. Right, think, yeah. But having that self-awareness in those conversations is important, too, right? Yeah, and the, it go, I know I feel like I say this all the time, but it's, like, we also, our relationship, though, started with you, like, really being honest about the fact that you, like, respect my knowledge and my brain. Sure. And so when I when we have these conversations, I know you're not, like, some dumb woman over here is just like <laughs> saying this. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and that like helps. Like I think that you, I think you don't always agree with me, but I think you care what I have to say. And yeah. that is like a great foundation mm. for trust. Yeah. I do. I think this has been a, an interesting, but hopefully a helpful conversation from some of its different like legs in the sense that yeah. like you sharing your story. And we've talked about this off camera. I think your story is really compelling. And I think hopefully it helps this person, but other people realize their seat at the table within this and hopefully maybe creates like the ability to have like more courageous conversations with people, but yes. also know the people you don't have to. And you've said this before, like understanding you don't owe anyone your story, mm-hmm. but if you want to let people into that, finding ways to do it with courage and strength, boldness and all that, but also creating boundaries for yourself in that and realizing that if it goes <laughs> south, <laughs> pull out. <laughs> You don't have yeah. to like, engage if it's going to harm you, right? Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think this section, like this kind of, this overlap section of like, I'm still in the church, but I'm really not, I really don't believe it is a really like interesting part of the deconstruction journey hmm. that isn't talked about. So I'm glad we could talk a little bit about just like how I navigated it, how you as a pastor navigated it. And I hope that it was helpful. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, Well, with that, thanks for listening and embrace the journey.